Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will be continuing continuing the book of Revelations, chapter 4. It's a short chapter, so it's verses 1 to 11. But it's very interesting, as um, the rest of it will be also. Before we get started, though, I would like to tell you what the Bible is, why we can... Um, why the Bible is reliable and why we can believe in it. And again, I got this from uh, Dr. Vodi Bakum that you can find on YouTube. And also you can put uh, Vodi Bakum in or Dr. Vodi Bakum in your search engine and pull up his uh, videos and ministry and all like that. All right, the Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's what we can trust it. So, especially if you're in school, you know, in a secular school, and uh, you have, you know, teachers, instructors, or professors, or whatever, who may challenge that all the time because they do not have a belief in God or um, they're not sure about God or whatever the case may be, but they, you know, like to put in their two cents and therefore, you know, always kind of uh, have a negative comment about it. At least you have something to rebuttal with. And that would be what the Bible is. Okay, let's get started. So I'm going to be using the, the NIV, the New International Version. And we will be in Revelations chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Before we get started, though, I want to read you some commentary. And this commentary comes from the Matthew Henry of Complete Commentary, and it's very, very good. And I would recommend you get it. You also get it online because they have it like free online, too. So, Revelations 4, and here's what it says at the beginning. In this chapter, the prophetical scene opens, and as the Espostolary part opened with a vision of Christ in chapter 1. So this part is introduced with the glorious appearance of the great God whose throne is in heaven, compassed about with the heavenly host. This discovery was made to John, and in this chapter, he records the heavenly sight he saw in verses 1 through 7, and then the heavenly songs he heard, and that would be in verse 8 to the end. All right, and... Let me see here. And it continues and says, We have here an account of a second vision with which the Apostle John was favored after this. That is not only after I had seen the vision of Christ walking in the midst of the golden candlesticks, but after I had taken his messages from his mouth and written and sent them to the several churches according to his command, after this I had another vision. Those who well improve the discoveries they have had of God already are prepared thereby for more and make expect them. Okay, so that was just a little something to kind of help you understand. And remember, um, with the book of Revelation, there's a lot of symbolisms and all like that. But remember, we were the majority of this Revelations, the majority of it was to encourage the, the current 
church at that time because they were uh, suffering from heavy persecution. Okay, so let's can let's go ahead and start reading in Revelation chapter four using the NIV New International Version, and the the title on top here is the throne in heaven. After this, I looked, and there be. And there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I heard first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Verse 2, At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Verse 3, And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald, encircled the throne. Verse 4, surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. Verse 5, from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and pearls, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Verse 6, also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and there were covered with eyes in front, in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Okay, now let me give you some commentary on what we just read about the four living creatures uh, and that, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. Okay, remember, it's symbolism. So, let me read from you again from Matthew Henry commentary about this particular section. And it says, The apostle saw four living creatures between the throne and the circle of elders standing between God and the people. These seem to signify the true ministers of the gospel because of their place between God and the people. This also is shown by the description given denoting wisdom, courage, diligence, and discretion and the affections by which they mount up towards heaven. Okay. Okay, now in the, the coming last section, starting at verse 9 to verse 11, here's what it says in that area. All true believers wholly ascribe their redemption and conversion, their present privileges and future hopes, to the eternal and most holy God. Thus rise the forever harmonious, thankful songs of the redeemed in heaven. Would we on earth do like them? Let our praises be constant, not interpreted, united, not divided, thankful, not cold and formal, humble, not self-confident. All right, let's begin reading in verse 9. Whenever in the living, uh, the new living, oh, excuse me, I mean the NIV, new, uh, new international version. 
Verse 9, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. Verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, verse 11, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Okay. So next time we will start in chapter 5 of Revelation. Let me give you some scriptures. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, English Standard Version, the ESV. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Luke chapter 6, verse 40, the NIV, New International Version. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. That's why if we stay in the Word and we'll be taught... Um, through Christ and uh, the apostles, the different ones that had a hand in it, and uh, especially apostle, uh, the Apostle Paul, he had a large portion in it of the teaching, you know. And in Ephesians chapter 1 and 11, the NIV says, uh, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in Conformity with the purpose of his will. Wow. Amen, amen. Second Second Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen, the NIV New International Version. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Verse seventeen, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 16, the NIV New International Version. 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. Verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will find it. Verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Romans chapter 3, verse 19, the NIV New International Version. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world be accountable to God. Let me give some salvation scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10. Verse 9 through 10, King James Version. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteous, with the mouth confesses made salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whosoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Romans chapter 10, 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And for those that who don't know the Lord, you may just be listening or came across it or whatever. You've been listening for a while, but you're just not sure. Let's go over the commandments. This tells us why we need Christ. It's like if you go to the doctor 
the doctor is going to let you know what's wrong with you first, the disease or whatever problem you have, and then he can give you the cure or the medicine that's going to help you for what you have because if he gives you the medicine first, you're not going to know what it's for. You know, so it's kind of like if you go in a movie and you catch the tail end of it, you're not going to know. You're going to be very uh, confused for the context will be different. You're not going to know who played in it and what the different, you know, characters were or anything. So you'll be totally confused. That's why you need the whole thing. You know, and so I, I'm now going to give you what the the disease is, okay? And the Ten Commandments or God's moral laws lets us know, and he also has written this on our hearts. Okay, and I'm just going to give you a short version, you know, to save some time. So, have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, he said you've already committed adultery in your heart. Um, have you ever stolen anything? Even if when we were a child or whatever, that still counts because you know it, it was never repented of, or you know, or understood why we need to repent of it. So, and it doesn't matter the value of it; it's the intent. See, God judges on our intent, right? So. So therefore, if you stole a paperclip, it's still the same thing. It's still stealing. So what do you call someone that steals? A thief. Um, have you ever lied? Like a white lie or whatever? Or, you know, told somebody something that wasn't true? It's That would be uh, a false, false witness or uh, lying. So what do you call someone that lies a liar? So those three right there, and we're all guilty of them. So that means we'll be an adulterer, thief, and liar. And that's only three. So that's why we're all guilty of this, because God's standards are so high and ours are so low. Remember, we came from Adam and Eve, the first two. Uh, God, God made Adam first. He was the male, the man. And then he made Eve as a helpmate. But they went in... Uh, God gave him everything. He gave him uh, the Garden of Eden, and everything was perfect in every way. And he said, just don't touch that one tree. You know, so that way, you know, they, they choose daily, you know what I mean? But they, and God knew that they were going to do that because he knows all things. He created all things. He knows all things. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, so he knows everything. He's sovereign. Okay, so they disobeyed God. First, Eve disobeyed God. And then she got Adam to disobey, so they both disobeyed God. So that's why our world now is corrupt, and it everybody dies eventually. You know, the plants die, animals die, everything dies. If you notice, everything gets dusty and dirty and rusty, and you got to clean it all the time. And that's why, uh, because we're under um, corruption since that time. That wasn't supposed to be, but that's what happened. But God created, you know, God had a plan. Of redemption, you say, "Well, he's God. Why didn't he just fix it then?" Because God does what He wants to do because He's sovereign. He knows what's best. We think in our finite human minds, you know how things should be, but we're wrong. You know, God's way is always the best way, even if it don't seem like it or feel like it or look like it, but it always is. God's way is always the best. 
So what do we do? So if God was to judge us by these commandments, would, would we be guilty or innocent? Would we be guilty? Would it, will we go to heaven or hell? It would be hell. But God made a provision for us where we don't have to go. Jesus came on this earth and he walked three and a half years and then he gave himself over to wicked and evil religious people you know during that time they were called Pharisees and so they made sure that he was found guilty and then he gave himself over to the Romans and he was he was whipped and beaten and they would uh, would whip you with a whip that had shards of bone on it and metal and all that and it would rip your skin to pieces and your bones would be showing and you'd be bleeding everywhere and that's what he endured that and then they made him take a big heavy pole that was in the shape of a cross and carry it and then when he got up a hill um, they put nails in his hands and feet to just make it worse and then the way they put it was they put it to where you had to hold yourself up to breathe that was part of the punishment and what would happen is as you would lose blood and get weaker and weaker and weaker you couldn't lift your legs up anymore like and lift yourself up anymore and you would just suffocate and so that was part of it right so Jesus took all that for us because that was our punishment that all of us should have took but he did it for us that now we can come by faith believing um, by understanding this, knowing we broke God's moral law, come humbly before God and ask for his forgiveness and then put our trust into Christ alone and and then start reading the Bible daily without fail, do what it says, find a good Bible, believe in teaching church to help us to learn and grow and do what we're supposed to do with God and share just like, like I'm doing, you know? Because that's what we're supposed to do. But that's, that's what being saved is. If you want to go to heaven, and when you die, you'll bypass you'll bypass hell and all that, and you would go to heaven. Your spirit would be in heaven, and um, that's how we do it. But you have to humble yourself as a child to do that. None of this is rocking scientists. None of this is hard. What's hard is we have to admit that we're wrong. And that we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, therefore guilty and on the way to hell. And that we need a Savior, which is Jesus Christ. And then to come with a sorrowful, contrite heart, repent of our sins, ask God for forgiveness. And then put the trust that you had in yourself before and transfer that trust to Christ alone to save you. It's like if you're in an airplane that's about to crash, somebody gives you a parachute, you've got to hold on to that parachute because that parachute is going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. And I would advise you to do that quickly. Just say, Lord, forgive me. I, I understand I broke your moral law, Ten Commandments, and, and I'm sorry, and I put my trust in you alone. You know, and ask for his help. Just be, just be straight up with God, you know. He already knows anyways. You know, he knows what we've done, but we have to admit it. Okay, let me give some resources. You can find all these on YouTube and on uh, websites, Dr. Vody Bacham. And you, you can also find him, uh, you put his name, Dr. Vody Bacham, in the search engine and pull up his ministry and other videos and all. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. R.C. Sproul, Ligonier Ministries on YouTube, great teacher. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersInGenesis.org, another great teacher. Wellbuilders with David Barton, wellbuilders.com. He also has Wellbuilders Radio. You can find online 
and on lately he has radio stations that he's on, and he teaches a lot of American Christian history and also world history. But his main thing is American Christian history and our families and all like that. It's really it's really fantastic. Doc, and uh, remember, all this is on YouTube. Also, Dr. Walter Martin, WalterMartin.org, and YouTube. Work. Um, Pastor Jeff Durbin and his ministries at Apologia Studios. You can go to ApologiaStudios.com. That's A P O L O G I A S T U D I O S.com. You can listen to them on the Apple Podcast audio port. You can get a free, a literal free seminary education on his website. If you go to his website, go to search and put Dr. Greg Bonson or Bonson New in there, and it'll pull up all of Dr. Greg Bonson's audio teaching that has been redigitalized and cleaned up and everything through the years. He he died, but his family donated all his audio teachings to Apology Studio. He was a great professor at one time. And uh, and you'll get a free, a literal free seminary education. How great is that? Okay, let's go f- further resources. If you, uh, Bible Education Institute with Reverend Henry Kelly or Bible Education Institute is on these platforms. And that's uh, heliumradio.com, Helium Radio Network, and online. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G, Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and many others. And let me go back over the teachers again. R.C. Sproul, League of Near Ministries, and YouTube. And all these can be found on YouTube. Um, Dr. Vodi Bakum, Dr. James White, and he's also with Apology of Studios, and he has YouTube stuff with Dr. James White. Pastor Joe Webbin with Right Response Ministries, Doug Wilson, Gary Damore, and remember Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apologia Studios. And here's some more um, continued resources. Uh, if you want to do books, you know, like buy Bibles and books or whatever, I like to buy used books. You can get them like they're looking like almost new. You know, a lot of them. Or you can buy new too. But I go to um, to Amazon, Abe Books, A B E B O O K S, Thrift Books, and Alibris, A L I B R I S. There's many other ones too. That's just some of the ones I frequent a lot. And then if you go to your search engine, put in go to the search engine and put in TCT Network. They have one program that's very good. You can learn about the church history and everything around the world. Faith and History with William Federer. Fantastic. He's a very interesting fellow. There used to be one about the Old Testament called Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin, but they took it off. But you can you can find him on RabbiDanielLappin.com and also um, Rabbi Daniel Lappin on YouTube, and he's got a podcast and all that. You can learn a lot from it. And his wife has... Um, and on their website, his wife has like a blog she does. And it's really, really good, too. too. And so remember, read your Bible daily without fail, and do what it says till next time.